Hey, Holly. Hey, Dave. Welcome to the What Difference Does It Make podcast. So happy to be here today. What is happening? <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. We're still in 1980. We're in 1980. I think this should probably be our last 1980 show. What, what don't you like? What, what don't you like about... Tell okay. me what you don't like about it. No, I would because like it was to... a big year for country music. Yes, and you don't apparently not not a big country music fan. You know, I like country music. I do. I've grown to like country music. I did not like it in the eighties, but I appreciate it now. Last week, I got to see the uh, the ultimate yeah. uh, yacht rock festival, which was uh, Michael McDonald, Kenny Loggins, and Christopher Cross with the orchestra, and it was phenomenal. And Kenny Loggins, of course, saying, uh, "I'm all right." It was great. And then, you know, he's singing uh, This Is It. And then all of a sudden, Michael McDonald comes out and sings. Play together the whole time? No. They all played different sets. Yeah. Separate set. It was a lot of fun. So first of all, was everybody or most of the audience our age, would you say? Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Who would you say most were there to see? Oh, Michael McDonald. Yeah? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean he he closed the set and he had a hand in a lot of these songs. It's kind of cool, actually, yeah. <laughs> to to like remember like, oh yeah, that, what a great song yeah. this was and what a great song that was. Yeah. And you know, when Michael McDonald adds backing vocals to certain songs, mm-hmm. not only that, but Steely Dan. a lot to these songs and he was a huge part of 1980 and before yeah. and, and and even and after and but kenny loggins too good stuff yeah oh yeah kenny loggins the woman behind us was excited about hearing poo corner <laughs> that was her <laughs> big suck. she was actually going to both there was it was friday and saturday night at the hollywood bowl and she was going to both shows and she was really excited about hearing poo corner so he did play that I was hoping that Stevie Nicks would stroll yeah. out for whenever I call you friend, but that did not happen. Did you dance for Footloose? Uh, I did not dance. Well, you know, you stand up and you do whatever. You, you move can. a little. You, you s- yes. sway. You sweat. Yes. <laughs> you sway and you watch everyone else. Like you're looking around saying, all right, who's making an idiot of themselves? See, that comes with age. You don't judge anymore. I'm just happy to see people getting into a show. You know, yes, you watch them when they're dancing, however they're dancing. But I appreciate their appreciation for the music. Yes, exactly. It was nice. <laughs> Old people wearing Yacht Rock hats. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, they sold out both nights. So yeah. people still love these songs. Understandably. Which is why we do this show. Because we still love these songs, yeah. right? But what don't you love, Holly? Okay. I don't want to be a downer, but I am going to tell you comes. something. No, <laughs> I'm, this is a discovery about myself. As we were leading up to today, this particular show, looking at the movies and the soundtracks, because I consider myself a huge fan of 80s music. 
But as I'm looking at the movies and the soundtracks, I'm not that big of a fan. Like I said, there's a couple of the a couple of the movies like Roadie, you know, where I appreciate the music, but I'm finding that I prefer New Wave to some of the rock because you think about the hair metal sure. hair bands and which I like. I, I do like them. I appreciated them back in the day, although the music didn't really hold up for me. I really like New Wave better, and not many of these movies, like you said, there's a lot of country music. We didn't talk about it yet, but Paul Simon, One Trick Pony. I love Paul Simon. None of these movies really have a new wave soundtrack. Further down the road, when uh, new wave they, comes they would in. be willing to to make a movie like Purple Rain or something like that. Yeah. Urban Cowboy. Do you remember seeing that movie? I do. Yeah. I, I do liked it. I, I do liked it. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I like movies. Uh, <laughs> me like movies. Me, me like movie lots. I do remember that. I remember, and a lot of it has to do with the music. And I think a lot of it has to do with me sitting in the back of the car. My parents were into country music, so I was listening to a lot oh. of a lot of country music. So I knew about Mickey Gilley and you know a lot of these artists. Had a great appreciation for Kenny Rogers, and of course, my you know my mom worshipped Dolly. I, oh. I still worship Dolly now, and yeah, nine to five, and actually that whole album is really good. Urban Cowboy, or are you talking about or, nine or, to five? Or both, actually, both of those albums are, are really really good. Urban Cowboy looks great. I'm looking at the soundtrack now, and there's it's there's a lot of crossover, right? Yeah, um, right. Those which I love that, like JD Souther and Glenn Frey and Don Henley on her Lion Eyes is on the soundtrack. But then you have you know the old school Devil Went Down to Georgia. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. They became huge hits, and yeah. you know the Eagles had kind of they were the entryway into uh, yeah. country. Yeah. So I think that's bringing it to the masses. Right. So it was you know they, the Eagles started in '72. And, you know, by 1980, they, they were huge and people were more accepting of country music, I think, back then. What I remember listening to in the car with my parents was the Eagles and Fleetwood Mac, that mm-hmm. rock. That's what they were into. So that's how I got my exposure to it. And having had that always, I'm sure I would have been turned on to them or would have my, I would have had appreciation for them anyway. But it makes you think about the influence your music has on your kid, not just what you turn them on to, but what is always on in your house. Sure. Yes. I appreciate that my parents exposed me to that without even really knowing it. Right. But ne- like country, like your like yeah. your fondness for country music. Yes. And, and what I have realized is you can't sit the kids down and say, <laughs> "Listen to this. This will change your life," because it does not work. Have you ever? We did that with one. Two, we did it with two albums, and they took to one. Oh. Okay. What did you would, have you done it? I think I gave up pretty early. I don't think I ever was like, I think they realized like, Oh, you know, dad really likes this band or dad really likes, <laughs> you know, he's, he's a little nuts for this, you know, for Springsteen or whatever. I could never sit them down, but somehow they discovered it. I think they had to discover it on their own. Like my older daughter discovered rumors. I don't know how oh. she did, but she took to it and loved it. So when I discovered like, Oh, she loves Fleetwood Mac when they came to town, like, all right, we got to go, let's go. I think the only time I did like force them to see, listen to someone was when we went to concerts. I wouldn't do it for yeah. records, so but yeah, it was it was worth it because I forced them to see Prince and Paul McCartney and the Rolling Stones. Those are, I think those are the three that was like, all right, you should have some exposure to this, or yes. you should learn about this. Something that you'll you'll probably tell your uh, kids about, like, oh yeah, I saw, I, I did see that band you know, or yes. I saw that artist. You yeah. feel like if it's important to you, if it's really important to you, then they should be respectful and yeah. at least give it a fair shake. I don't think I will take my kids to see Springsteen or U2. I don't know if they will, they they would be accepting of it. They would sit there. I, 
I really don't see them loving the show. I really don't see yeah. that. No, that's yeah. true. And it is when you think about also now what an expensive prospect it is to take your kids to a concert like that, like you sure. two or Springsteen. It's really going to mean the most to you. So it has to be really important to you. And that was the genius of Prince. He did like a residency at the Forum. He was doing a, a number of shows at the Forum. This was before they refurbished it. It was literally a church. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so he wanted to bring people to the community and he wanted people to experience his music and he, he wanted people to see a live show. So he charged $25 a seat for these concerts. I was like, I have to go to this show. I have to take the girls. And, and we went. It was great. They were a little confused by his <laughs> sexuality and what's going on. And what, they were young. I think my youngest daughter might have been like six. Oh, wow. Something like that. Yeah. But, you know, he's crawling around on stage for like the first 10 minutes and it's he's building up this this sexual energy. It's like, oh, my God. You know, people are screaming and my girls are going, yeah. what is going on? And at that age, you have to warn them that not every concert they're going to see is going to be like that. <laughs> Right. It was, a, it was a great show, and I think they, they still to this day appreciate that they, they saw him. So that was good. My one good opportunity to take the kids to a show that's, together. That's, for both. that's a good one. That's yeah. a good, good choice. Oh, thank you. We turned the kids on to, we said there are two albums. We want you to listen to all the way through. At your convenience, but we want you to listen all the way through where we think they're really important. And one was Joshua Tree, and they, eh, mm-hmm. not big fans. And the other one was Live. The, the band live. Oh, really? Which, you know, is one of my favorite bands who I just saw a couple was it, weeks ago. It was Throwing Thro- Copper? Thro- throwing Copper, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. And they like that. Yeah, they both really they, like it. Really? Yeah. And they listen to it all the way through. You know, some albums are just meant to be listened to all the way through, and that is one. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know if my kids know albums. Yeah, I know. I know my older daughter knows uh, Rumors, for sure. She, knew, yeah. she knows all the songs of that, but, you know, we don't really play albums, or they don't come home with a, you know, after spending uh, all their money at Tower Records and uh, running to the room to play the latest album. Well, uh, Sam, my son, Sam, who is 16, he has a turntable in his room and he got records for his birthday. People, his friends gave him records and some of my friends gave him records. So he's starting, you know, his own little connection, which is really cool. So that's a case in which he listens to them all the way through. Oh, well, that's Otherwise, cool. not nothing from iTunes or... That's cool. Actually, there's a record store I go to called Freak Beat Records. Shout out to Freak Beat. It's not like Pablo Cruz. Like, I, I actually, like, oh. I held on to Pablo Cruz. and like, I don't know if I want to... With Love Will Find a Way? Love Will Find a Way. That was the one. That was the album I had. Just remember, I love you. Or, yeah, good, look at you. <laughs> good pull. Yeah, so they had. You are uh, the woman. There you go. I actually get a kick out of just flipping through all the the records uh, at the quarter records and. Uh, quarter record. That's <laughs> fun. You have to be in the mood, though. We- yeah, but that was actually the the one time I got my daughter to go to it was uh, because of the album covers. I go pick out some album covers that you like, and we'll put them up on your wall, and that's what she did. It was kind of cool. She. 
he actually picked out, uh, I think it was a Culture Club record and a Robert Plant, Now and Zen. Or, uh, yes. But yeah, a lot of different things that just visually caught her eye. Did she listen to the records? After no, she put the, of course oh. not. <laughs> she only gets half credit. What a crazy question is that? <laughs> she like, threw the vinyl away. I don't You're tuned to the What Difference Does It Make podcast. Stay where you are. We will be back. Pantheon Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. We are the What Difference Does It Make podcast returns. Okay, I want to circle back. Go ahead. Because I want you to tell me about the movie that I couldn't get myself to watch that okay. you watched this week. All right. So we were talking a lot about Oingo Boingo, and that those were one of my first records that I bought, were Oingo Boingo records, and actually the, the 10-inch EP. So anyway, I picked up uh, Forbidden Zone, which is directed by Richard Elfman. And Richard Elfman is Danny Elfman's brother, Danny's older brother. Danny was just out of high school. I went digging for the DVD. It's still streaming on YouTube. You could watch it for three bucks if you want to, which <laughs> I haven't wanted to. some people are not willing to do. But I did find it at Amoeba Records. I found the, the DVD, which had kind of a pop-up video, fun facts type of thing. Like, oh, this will be fun. I'll watch like it. Like the old pop-up video, like on, uh, on, VH1. on VH1. Yeah, they had I this. love that. I learned so much from that. Exactly. And so that was the same idea behind this. Richard Elfman said he was a college dropout. Danny was just out of high school. So this was a movie made on the cheap. It was uh, done with uh, the Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo. And they had like a a theater show that they did somewhere in L.A., apparently. So a lot of the elements of this uh, theater show were put into this movie. It had lip syncing to songs from the 30s, from the 1930s. There was like, you know, they were lip syncing to Cab Calloway. But, you know, there were dancing frogs and there were Monte... Python type animation, 
all done on the cheap. You know, as you see the pop-up videos, little facts, you would say, oh, this is the Elfman's grandfather who's playing this part right here. This is our realtor who's playing this part here. This, this was a, a neighbor. Oh, actually, it was one of Danny's friends. He was billed as Toshira Baloney's. <laughs> that was it. His name was Toshira Baloney's. His actual name is Matthew Bright. Not as exciting, but uh, but in the movie that was Toshira Bright or Toshira okay. Baloney. So I'm looking him up on IMDb. Like I've never heard of this Japanese man. Who is this? And then that's where it came up. Like oh, he's known as Matthew Bright, writing a, a few movies that I actually kind of like. They were kind of these trashy movies from the 90s they start it was like one of the first ones with uh drew barrymore was in it it's called gun crazy i don't know if you ever saw that which was actually a really good movie i really i really liked that I became a big fan of of her because of this movie it was just uh, it's just kind of cheesy fun and that's kind of what forbidden zone was yeah he also directed reese witherspoon in one of her first movies called freeway when she was 19 also kind of like a trashy sort of you know exploiting your sexuality type movie but still fun the guy who wrote those, he goes by Matthew Bright now. I think just for this movie, he went by Toshira Baloney's. That's funny. Okay. Danny Elfman did all the music for this. This was his first time doing the music. Well, son, let me tell you, I'm so pleased to meet you. The boys and I've been expecting to greet you. As guests of honor in the house of the dead. Just relax, lay yourself down, say goodbye to your head. Hi, hi, hi. And also, I should say that uh, Hervé Villachez is in it. <laughs> I saw that. And which was great. And he was in it because he was dating one of the women or was a roommate with, with someone else. You know, it was all very incestuous. It was just, you know, whoever you could find. It's like, hey, you want to be in a movie? Yeah, let's do this. And so it was. He breaking out of his tattoo role? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it was great. Okay, that's fun. It was cheesy fun. It wasn't something like you would go, oh, I need to see that again and again and again. I, especially, I mean, if you're a fan of Oingo Boingo, it's just a time capsule of art house type uh, humor back then. Yeah. It was fun. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Am I absolved from watching it? All right. Can I give you an assignment, though? You can give me an assignment. I'm trying to, I'm wondering if you would be, because I am not, here's a movie I will not see, but you might be excited about seeing. It comes out today. Mamma Mia? Mamma Mia. Oh, beside myself. I cannot wait to see Mamma Mia. I may go today by myself if I can get a ticket because I'm not sure anyone around will go with me. I'm so excited for that. You wouldn't see that. Couldn't even no, I, see it. It's a big nap news um, for you. I've seen the original many, many, many times. We own a copy of it and they won't go to, to albums, but they will put on DVDs and that's one that they play a lot. Yeah, with a good lot. reason. It's so fun. I had just looked it up. But I saw that uh, ABBA's last top 10 hit was in 1980. Oh, Fernando? No. Tell me. Waterloo? <laughs> no. It was uh, Winner Takes It All. Oh. Which is a really good song. Well, you're making a face. Yeah. I, we're veering apart here. No, that's the not one of my favorite ABBA. No. The loser feeling small. No? I need no? a little up, upbeat ABBA. Yeah. It was, oh. No. no, I know that is a that's a kind of a sad. It's mel- very melancholy. Have you ever seen the movie The Trip with Steve Coogan and Rob Bridle? No. Oh, okay. They go on a one of my favorite movie things is people who sing in cars. I just love <laughs> in movies. I love that. So there's one scene where they're <laughs> where they're singing. The winner takes it all, it's, and that resonates with you. <laughs> it definitely does. I was in your arms. Thinking I'd be long there, 
building me a fence. Think it makes sense. Building me a fence. Building me a home. Thinking I belong strong there. But I was a fool. Playing by the rules. The winner takes it all. 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 Wow, wow, I was up there. Yeah. I was up there. I think you strained a little bit. I did strain, I did strain. Uh, anything else? Or what? What uh, covered it all? I think we've. I think we've covered it all. All of, I think all of 1980. I think we're pretty much done, done with 1980. Ah, uh, we could still talk more, but we haven't <laughs> gone into Kenny Rogers. Haven't talked. Kenny Rogers. Every time you say that, that's another one. <laughs> my my love of Kenny Rogers came from my parents, also. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I was okay. Um, <laughs> you do you have anything you'd like to add to, to 1980? Since we're finishing off 1980, no, officially. Uh, looking, <laughs> really. Um, okay, so next uh, next time we'll talk ABBA. Okay, we'll talk ABBA. We'll talk a little bit about ABBA if you, yeah. If you want. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, maybe some... Something that leads into uh, transitions into 1981. Yeah. All right. Good. Yeah, as we, as we progress along. Yes, all right. Thank you to our audience for listening to the What Difference Does It Make podcast. And please follow us on, on social media. You can find us everywhere at What Difference Does It Make Podcast or WDDIM Podcast. WDDIMpodcast.com if you want to sign up for our monthly newsletter. We are a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast family. So until next week, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Over and out. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.